Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of Flicks in a Six. That was a, an aggressive hello. I'm going to stop right now. I don't know why I'm yelling at you. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been, uh, we were off last week. I was sick. I'm still kind of there, so you're going to hear some coughs. I'm going to try to suppress as many of those as possible, but things happen. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, the eighth deadly sin, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I don't think I've ever given the proper amount of appreciation to the color purple. Can't wait to see where this goes. On this week's episode, assorted <laughs> teasers, endgame chatter, other news and nuggets. Oh, and maybe a quick check-in on Star Wars. Not sure if anything of note happened there. All before diving into our flick of the week. Shazam! Do we have to yell it? I noticed today, I just realized that the exclamation point is in the title. Well, two things from now on. Um, that word will always be yelled, as well the word bat. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you started watching what we do in the shadows Not yet. Not yet, no. It, I, I'm, I'm already in love with the show. It, it, I, I, it, get, it gets me. Excellent. Well, before we get into anything else, Al, what are we drinking? Um, we're drinking Cricket Hill Brewery. Say it ain't so. Pumpkin Ale. No. From Fairfield, New Jersey, which is probably not terribly far from you. Uh, I don't think so. I actually, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know, I I don't know all I, the ins and outs. Even if I made that up, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, I've had a few of their beers. I think we've done one of them on the show before. I believe so. I think it was the, was the breakfast ale or something like that. Or this, breakfast. Is why we, this is why we need a, an untapped account. Yeah, which we've been talking about for about a year now. <laughs> um, probably more actually, but like Cirrus is talking about for a year. Um, <laughs> we have to go back and log 84 beers, so. There was definitely something, oh man, it's gonna, it's gonna get so mad at us. Like how much of a fucking alcoholic are you? They send, they um, just send help. <laughs> it's like Some, netflix but way they, more aggressive like they're, sir they're, are you okay right yeah sir. like they like their anal- analytics actually mean something yeah um <laughs> i gotta knock on the door and it's not like 911 is everyone okay in here? <laughs> we have reason um, to believe that somebody has alcohol poisoning <laughs> yes um i uh there was something on the box for this but we bought the beer like eight months yeah, this ago is old. I, I don't have it anymore this is um, <laughs> <laughs> wow Wait but up. so let's, it's a it's a pumpkin ale. This is the last of the pumpkin ale. It's the one that Anthony's been dreading, even though he didn't know for sure it was this one. Um, I'm gonna be, if, if, probably if I end up liking well, this, I'm I'm gonna be very confused. I know that's why. I mean, maybe you'll still hate it. Maybe this is the one you're thinking of. I don't know how you could remember that that wealth, like one like that you hated because we had so many for the pumpkin. Yeah, we did. Beers. We did. It was too much. Um, let's cheers and drink this real cheers, quick. Cheers, sir. I mean, it's definitely not terrible. I don't know why you would hate it. It's the one I don't like. Is it? I, I mean... It is. It, it's definitely not my favorite pumpkin ale, but I, I don't hate it. I don't... I don't hate it to the degree to which I remember hating it, but I do recall the flavor, and this is the one that I'm talking about. I, I apologize to Cricket Hill Brewery. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I I, I, might buy, I might buy other Cricket Hill beers before it, but... sure. Or like, I might buy other pumpkin beers and Cricket Hill beers, but I, if someone handed this to me again, I'd be perfectly happy to drink it again. This is I, fine. The, the pumpkin is is it tastes like real pumpkin. The but smells it's a little funky to me. Um, what is that smell? Pennies? I don't know. <laughs> there is something. There's a little bit of coppery something to it, but no, there's something else. <laughs> I can't identify. it. <laughs> 
I, just, oh, I thought you were just going to breathe in for the next, like, I don't know, two, three minutes. <laughs> I was just going to let it happen. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, is, is that, does that not qualify as ASMR? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, I, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little, I, I shook myself there a little quick, a little bit there. Um, no, uh, um, I, I, I don't mind it. I can't identify what that smell is, but the other thing is, uh, it, two weeks ago, my allergies hit me like a fucking freight train mm. and it's only been the last like two days that I've actually been able to smell things properly. So like, I'm still getting used to being able to smell again. I feel like I'm a little rusty. It's not like riding a bike. Yeah. But as far <laughs> as the actual a while to get beer, back to, to as, smell those again. <laughs> as far as the actual beer goes, because I don't want to shit on this brewery because I had a, we've done one for the show, but I've had two or three of their beers. Um, sure. I actually like some of their other beers, and I, yeah. I don't dislike this one either. Um, the pumpkin, I like the pumpkin aspect of it. The body of it is what's I don't love. I do think that the pumpkins match up well, and it's it's perfectly balanced to the body of the beer. I just don't love what's going on in the body. Is it very carbonated? Um, no, is I that, think it's is probably, that just is that just it, me? It's probably carbonated. I can tell you that there was way too much head, but that was probably more of a me thing. No, mine was too. Okay. Like insane. Yeah, it took me a couple of, of pours to get it all straight, but it, it looked nice once I got it in, in order. I I actually, if I'm being honest, I fully expected to come in here giving this one two thumbs down, but it's a one thumb down. Okay, I guess that's no. that's fair enough. It, Sorry, you know, I, I'm excited. Can we do let, can we do goings on of the Spin Tune Talk real quick before yes, we can fully do sure. nuggets? Um, so... For those of you who have been following us, um, we have talked about it a few times in the last few weeks. Uh, the Spin Tune Sports Show is up and running. There's a few episodes. Woo. And after, after a little bit of a, a rough patch on the episode zero and some ironing out of flow and rhythm of conversation uh, in the first real official episode uh, by my partner on that, uh, Shafe, um, episode two, smashing success. Uh, in- <laughs> In all facets, sound yeah. quality, content, chemistry, and rhythm, we nailed it. It yeah, may be got, our high water. We can really only go down. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys like this, some of you have followed because someone wrote a review of us already, gave us a five-star review, who followed me over from Flicks and Six to that show and seemed to like it as well. You so please, if, if you're listening to this, write, review us, um, rate us on this show and on that show. Give it a yeah. shot if you like sports. It's mostly New York sports, but we'll do a little bit of everything. Um, but even more importantly, long rumored, finally reawakened and rejuvenated, the writing on spintune.com is up and running. We dun, have a dun, bunch dun. <laughs> We have a bunch of sports articles as me and Shafe have been promoting it. So he's doing some writing for us as well. We've edited another new writer, Gary. Gary wrote something about SNL Snippets, uh, who was cool enough to retweet our thing, and we got ourselves out into the ether now. Follow us on Twitter at the Spintune. Follow us on Twitter at Spintune Sports. Follow Anthony on Twitter. You're your AEJ Costanzo? That's correct. I'm at Alessandra B1187. Follow Shafe at Shafespur. Follow Gary at Gary R. Gorecki. Write us. Write us at Flicks and a Six at Spintune.com. We want to hear from you. We love that you love us, and we want to love you back. I'll allow it. It was <laughs> it was almost weird, but 
But I'll. Uh, <laughs> I agree. We Man, want, I'm we excited. Want to hold back. Things we are happening back. right now. It is. We're 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 cruising. It's coming alive. Man, alive! I feel fantastic. <laughs> now, after I've hijacked the show multiple it's times in the, in the first ten minutes, it's fine. That's what it's all about. Uh, I'm gonna give you back. <laughs> all right. Shall we get into some news and nuggets? Yes, please. First nugget. Uh, Rush Hour Four. I'm really excited about this. Is it I really truly a thing? Be. I don't know. All I know was I saw the picture of the two of them, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, holding up the number four. Well, it was it was Jackie's birthday, right? Because I saw there was something about Chris Tucker wrote like a tweet on on Twitter a couple weeks ago and was like "Happy birthday!" Mm -hmm. and then people were asking about Rush Hour Four, and then like I don't know if it was later that day or the next day. That's when like that picture came out. I it probably won't be great if it happens. I I'll be honest. I didn't love three. I love the first three, two. I didn't love three. Three's not great either. Like it's probably going to be in the same wheelhouse as three. But I just love them so much. I oh, find yeah. it to be so funny, and honestly, I would, I would sit through an hour and a half of it being a bad movie just for those bloopers and the credits because the bloopers in the Rush Hour movies are fantastic. Oh yeah, they're so good. They they might be the best parts of the movie, and that's you know that's probably a bad review, right? But I love those <laughs> movies. <laughs> well, the things that they fucked up are better than the things that they actually sold as part of the, the movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love it. And if it happens, I'm, I'm gonna be there. I'll, I'll be there. Well, we'll be there because when I'm excited about a movie, you don't really have much of a choice, <laughs> um, and vice versa. So, uh, anyway, I don't except, know except if Alice. we're gonna make that happen. <laughs> don't worry. Don't you worry. Um, either way. I it, I'm just I just if it happens great if not it's it's fine too but I would really really love to see that. <laughs> I mean at this point with everything getting rebooted and and re you know brought back to life whatever and all sorts of it's shit like, that I mean they're doing a bad boys for for life like why can't they do a rush hour for? It's like you're in my head with the reboots and so the next topic <laughs> is the Adams family. I have I mean now I don't know that anybody wants this. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know that anybody really asked for it. I'm kind of curious how it got pitched, but regardless, um, the Adams Family teaser is out. I don't know if you've seen it. Did you get a chance? Wasn't even aware it was a thing. Um, it doesn't look, it, it doesn't look fantastic. It doesn't, look, it doesn't look good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was expecting it you to have... just come up strong and just say it's not good. <laughs> it's uh it's got a great cast though. Does it? Shall I rattle off some names and then I'll rattle off names and you place them. In the Please Adam do. Family. Please, All right. Please do because I, uh, I I cannot stress enough how much of a surprise that this is to okay. me that it, it even exists. So Charlie's <clears> Theron. <throat> I imagine she's Morticia. Correct. Chloe Grace Moretz. Wednesday. Correct. Oscar Isaac. Um. Well, I, I mean, he has to be. Um. Well, actually, what what is the father's name? Even I can't. I'm drawing a blank. Gomez. Gomez. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh, He's Gomez. I don't recognize the next couple of people. Uh, Allison Jenny's in it. Um, I don't know the character that she's playing. No idea. She's in it. Uh, Nick Kroll. I is he Fester? Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> and Bette Midler as Grandma. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Wait, an so animated who's, who's, who's movie. The, though. Oh, okay. Who's the boy? Uh, I didn't recognize him. Finn Wolfhard. Oh, he's from Stranger Things. Oh, is he? And, and, and oh yeah, yeah. okay all right Mike. and uh it yep yep oh and I, I probably should have just clicked in and then i would have recognized him <laughs> uh instead of because you know how i am with names 
You're lucky that I knew the names that I told you. That's actually pretty good for me. I'd be concerned if you didn't know most of those names that you started <laughs> off with. All I of just, them, in fact. It's just such a bizarre thing to be to be getting made. Yeah, well, it makes more sense if it's an animated movie. That I can get behind more. What I was going to say uh, leading up to this was I want to know what the other ideas were that were on the table that didn't make it. <laughs> And this one got through, but I'm going to have to reserve that statement for the next one on this list, which is the Grease prequel, Summer Loving. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you weren't aware of this either. No! Uh, this is something they're trying to make. Um, I'm going to read you this quick thing. This is from Catherine Short on The Guardian. The film will expand on the holiday romance enjoyed by high school students, Danny and Sandy, alluded to in their summer nights which recounts the tenderest with contrasting sentimentality from Sandy and frankness from Danny. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, is this... See, the thing is, if this was a direct-to-VHS, then okay. If it, I mean, I if it was a direct-to-VHS... Direct There's in, a lot of those now, but... No, if it was direct-to-VHS in 2019, okay. <laughs> That's what you... Because I, I, I would be on board with that. I would agree with that. I mean, is it, is it... Is it instantly become a collector's item? Is it a Netflix thing? Is it... Hang on. Can you start talking like that, like an old person? Is it, it a Netflix? I know. I realized that I need to add another word because is it a Netflix didn't really work. <laughs> Not correct. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on with it. It was just like a... Something that's in the works. I don't think that there's any real details on it just yet. All right. But, uh... Just Whatever. I'm going to let you take a nugget away. Okay, good. Because I have a couple of little nuggets, and then there's some things that I'm quite sure that we'll both be discussing. Um, first, tiniest of nuggets. Uh, I read uh, this. Sorry, my news and nug nuggets are trending towards more relevant last week because we were supposed to record last week, and I had them set up, locked and loaded, and then we get the bad news that Anthony was saying. Uh, Better Call Saul does not return until 2020. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, so I'm very disappointed by this. What's that about? Any I don't know. They're like they're. I'm pretty sure they're shooting it currently, but for whatever reason, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Forty episode out. season. Well, no, I think he just got started super late on. <laughs> Fifty-two episodes, one a week, for the entire year. That would be too much. I actually don't think I would want that. But I was a little disappointed that to hear I because I was expecting. I, I know the first two seasons happened like when they were supposed to, and then the third season was several months later than the other seasons had aired. And then I expected this one to be similar time to that one or even push back slightly farther. And no, we're not getting any until 2020 at all. They didn't Strange. say when it's coming out in 2020, but that it would be in 2020. Maybe is it like, uh, uh, like calendar conflicts with filming and other folks? Probably. Um, I know someone get hurt. I know that Reese Seahorn uh, is on the new season of Veep, though she seems to have a fairly small role in that, so I don't think that would have interfered too much. Mm. Um, I don't know about Bob Odenkirk, if he had any conflicts. I know that the actor who played Lala was elevated to series regular for the new season, um, so we're going to get a lot more of that character. Um, He's creepy. Giancarlo Esposito is in... The Mandalorian, so maybe, oh. maybe there's a conflict there. I but uh, uh, even then, I don't know. Maybe could be could be. Speaking of the Mandalorian transition, uh, transition. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Star Wars Celebration because that's going to dominate 
the conversation going forward. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I was under the impression that there was nothing to talk about. First um, of all. First, that big news, Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep trying to do this to you. Uh, did you see that? Roll it again! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you see the, uh, the Jedi yeah, the trailer looked Order? the trailer looked cool for, for Fallen Order. Um, yeah. Especially because they are, looks like they're going to make the most out of trying to continue to synergize considering everything technically that's coming out now has to be canon um, because I believe that the hunter was the second sister, which is one of the inquisitors, which mm. was um, introduced on star Wars rebels. Uh-huh. The, fo- the force sensitive force capable um, dark side trained, not full Sith that were employed by the emperor to hunt down Jedi's um, or just, Force users to either bend them to the will or kill them and exterminate them. Did you just put an? Did you pluralize Jedi with an S just now? Uh, that... Accidentally, yes. All right, that's not that's not accurate, right? That's not how you do that. Maybe. No, Jedi is like fish. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Um, why why would that be the example that you give me? <laughs> Perhaps you prefer spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, uh, I was excited about it because uh, res- respawn. I was like, no, it's my. What? 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 <laughs> it just went. The sound just got out of sync. I'm sorry, folks. I don't know what that was, but you were like a second behind in my ears. It was very weird. Anyway. Uh, oh wait. Oh, so I thought you were playing that for effect. You actually didn't hear what I said. I had no idea what you said. Oh, good because it was embarrassing. Um, I said well, after the spaghetti and meatball thing, I said. You know, sorry, I'm sorry that I said fish. Would you prefer deer, moose, mouse, mice? No, sorry, it's mice. (laughs) (laughs) Moosen? Yeah. So, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Respawn Entertainment, and their history with Titanfall, and I saw that little guy doing his wall run, and I was like, you know what? When I'm playing Titanfall and I'm running on walls, I'm thinking, I feel like a Jedi. So this is perfect. That makes sense, and I didn't realize that they were the ones who made Titanfall. Yeah, so that should be uh, it. Should be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see though the with all the weird Star Wars development, uh, like game development issues that have been. Well, I don't. You don't really know that they're issues, but they're this. There's been decisions <laughs> made around these. No, games. there's been issues. Um, um, Dice fucking yeah, blew well, it with that. both their Battlefronts. Um, yeah. EA canceled the Amy Hennig game. Um, just... There's another one that's been kind of hidden hinted at rumored that they yeah. haven't said what it is but there is something else that's i think being successfully developed but just slowly and quietly yeah. um and then there's this game which i haven't heard of any issues in the development right it's just taken a while to get here well, it's, it's it's strange i with the uh, uh what they have like a, i don't know when the deal started but i think they have like a 10-year contract yeah with with the Star Wars license, so no, wasn't kinda... it? Wasn't it like six years? And they've is made it? two two bad games, and now it they're going to make if a third. It's, if it's only six, then yeah, that's 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 pretty rough. But, this uh... may be the last game on the deal hmm. that actually comes to market. Interesting. Oh, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, it's good. I mean, I don't want it to be bad. No, I'm looking forward to it. Now, I mean, it was a cinematic trailer, so we don't have any gameplay yeah, yet. Sure. They've been slow playing all this, but I like the idea. I like the yeah. concept. Uh, it seems like a cool story. Uh, the trailer doesn't give you any indication as to how the game will be played, although I heard there was some sort of thing. Based on the narration in the trailer, people thought it was going to be a stealth game because it was kept being about, like, 
don't be seen, don't be this, don't be that. Um, but right. it's not going to be a stealth specific game, though. So I guess you could. There will be stealth elements if you choose there to be. But that's not. It's not going to be like Assassin's Creed where it's a stealth game. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. We'll uh, we'll we'll review that together. We can play roll it again. again. Roll it again. Um. Okay. So. I'm going to let Galaxy's you take this edge, away. The next important thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, okay. I mean, yeah. Like, I really want to experience that. That looks amazing. When we were in a... Uh, when we were in... That, which which park is it? I, I don't know. Oh, I, you mean the MGM Studios? Is that what it is? I don't... I don't yeah. Yeah. When we, we were in the park last year, and they were what building... It. Did they retitle? I, I, I can't remember. It might, it, it might be called something else now. I can't remember if it's called MGM Studios now or if it used to be, but that's the I park think it we're used to about. be, and I think it might be Hollywood something or other now. Uh, maybe it's Hollywood Studios or something like that. Um, it's, anyway, that, that park does. They were building it while we were there, and they went to this like, little Star Wars experience thing like um, that previewed it, like what it was going to be like. And like you're like looking, trying to look past things to see what's being built, and I was just like, I was real bummed out that it wasn't there. I mean, granted... After that, then we went to Hogwarts, and it was the most amazing thing that ever happened. Um, but, it sounds like this is trying to blow Hogwarts out of the water. Yeah, so I, I, it's gonna be a long time before you can get in there. Yeah, because um, even whenever it is supposed to open, and I, I'm forgetting the date, um, it's the it's gonna be fucking sold out for a year. Oh yeah, it's gonna be insane. But it does sound like a really cool concept. No, they're going uh, all in. This is the. Based on what I and I didn't watch the panel for that one, but uh, I was reading a feed from someone who was at the panel, um, and the level of detail they're going into with this thing is fucking wild. Yeah. Like, there's going to be, listen, you have me if they're going to have blue and green milk. Like, right. <laughs> right. no, there's some really cool, like, interactive, like, not just like the 3D or 4D things. Like, it's going to be like experiences. And basically, they're going to be like LARPing and all that. Yeah, basically. Uh, um, it sounds cool as shit. I'm not really yeah. a theme park guy anymore. Obviously, I mean, I enjoy roller coasters like anyone who sure. likes a quick adrenaline rush and all. But um, I would like to check this out. This looks cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, maybe we'll say Flix and Six Roadshow. <laughs> Man, and we, we re- cool. and we record from the cantina. Live show? Uh, it's well, like our final. It's, it's clearly our final episode. First of all, <laughs> if we do a live show, which we would love to do. We need obviously some more listeners. So, guys, tell a friend if you know anyone who's ever seen a movie before to listen to our show. <laughs> that's pretty much um, that. Pretty much, yeah. That's making. If have you seen a movie? I think you're qualified. And we've got the show for no. Um, but yeah, would we like to do a live show down the road? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's gonna be at somewhere way smaller than fucking the Star Wars uh, cantina. Literally, um, <laughs> as cool as that would be. All right. Next Star Wars topic: The Mandalorian. God damn it. <laughs> Go on. At this point, let's save the best play. No, but I'm serious about it no, this time. No, no. I actually want to talk about no, The fine. Mandalorian because the cast is great. The directors and writers uh, and, and that they've assembled are great um, and diverse. Fucking John Favreau, Taika Waititi, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Dave Filoni. Like, it, that's, that's cool. That's a yeah. cool list of people. It's a very diverse. I mean, yeah, guy who's out and out comedy. You got a Star Wars super fan. You have the guy who is in charge of the Force, essentially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and as far as what goes on screen nowadays, um, I've never—I didn't know that Bryce Dallas Howard was into directing, but that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, 
Uh, she certainly has the pedigree. Her father's a pretty famous director, if you hadn't heard. Um, Who is that now? <laughs> <laughs> they knew. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I was trying to come up with something real quick that wasn't the best thing I could have done, but it was I, at least timed right comedically. The gears in both of our heads are turning because I was trying to come up with something as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the cast is great, as we've mentioned it before, and I'll, I'll run through it again real quick, because they finally released some pictures, some character information. Um, there's Pedro Pascal is playing the eponymous Mandalorian. I don't remember if we got his actual name yet, hmm. or if it's just it. I read a brief of, they didn't, as far as I could see, they didn't release it to the public, but at the panel, um, they played a clip from an episode that ran for like five minutes or something like that. Okay. Um, so I don't remember if they said his name in it or if it was like, if it was just referred to as Mandalorian or something like that. I don't remember. Um, Gina Carano is, um, cause this is taking place a couple of years after Return of the Jedi. She's playing a former rebel soldier who's working as some sort of freelancer. Carl Weathers is the head of the Merc group that the Mandalorian signed on with. Uh, Werner Herzog is some sort of imperial officer, I believe, because there's a whole scene with him having something to do with some stormtroopers or something like that. Some of the people who are left from the destruction of the Empire. Um, and there's a whole, you know, I think I think they still have kept it hidden, but Nick Nolte is playing, I think, some sort of alien. There was some other cool. people. <laughs> Taika Waititi is playing IG-88, the the bounty hunter droid from that scene with the bounty hunter lineup in empire strikes back perfect who was became a fan favorite in the expanded universe um it's cool as shit <laughs> oh it's it's gonna be good it's gonna be i'm excited Did the, is there any info on like number of episodes there was because they told how many the each director was getting oh, okay. I, don't, I don't remember what the number is it's 10 or 12 or 13 i, I okay. don't remember um they also announced i think Disney Plus is launching officially, I think, in the beginning or middle of November, and that show would be at launch because part of what was going on, I think, in the few days before Star Wars Celebration Chicago, they unveiled what Disney Plus would look like, like the subheadings of the things that would right. be on there. They confirmed what's going to be there at launch, um, so that all that information is out there, which is cool. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna run out of shows eventually, and then that's gonna be like there just in time. Oh yeah, be, um, and I, I think good. they even I think they even offered you can like pre-order to sign up for the service. I, I no, haven't that's, yet. That's I'll, stupid. I'll get it when it comes out, but I'm, yeah. I'm not pre-ordering. There's, there's no reason to do that. Uh, I just figured if anyone was interested, I'd let them know. Unless um, you get like a unless you get do you get something for pre-ordering? I have no idea. I didn't look into it because I wasn't gonna do it, but I did hear that. You could like sign up to pre-order. I think so. It's very, it's just such a strange thing. It's a remnant of the like physical media past. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. They, for all I know, they might be offering early access. Like maybe if you yeah. pre-order, you get on a week earlier than everyone else. I have no idea. That's that would, pure that unacceptable. Wild <laughs> speculation. <laughs> what What else happened on the Star Wars panels? That's it, isn't it? That's all I heard. Okay, no. For in all seriousness, um, I on, watched. Hang on, hang every... on. <sighs> Go on. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, at this point, you all know about the first official reveal of the trailer for Episode Nine. Oh my God! The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, but for those of you who 
didn't hear about it or just kind of heard about it tangentially, didn't watch it, see if you can find the panel itself. You or can. at least the, the panel end- is available on YouTube. The- I watched it live. Did you you watch some I of watched, the I watched I watched that start. live. I knew it was coming on, so I wasn't doing anything that day, so I was watching from the beginning and I texted you, I knew you were sick, I didn't want to bother you, but I was like, okay, like I have to let him know that the trailer's coming soon. Yeah. And I know you turned it on eventually. I thought it was cool. I think it started out a little choppy. They had Stephen Colbert host the panel. Um, he brought out J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy pretty quick. They were chatting for a bit. The audio wasn't great. It, the audio was clear, but it was super low on the stream because I had my speakers up all the way. The hmm. speakers on my computer are like JBL. They're pretty solid speakers. I just physically couldn't hear them that well, and there was a lot of stuff going on at the house. Hmm. So I missed some of what was going on. Then they brought out just Anthony Daniels for some reason. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, and then they brought out Almost all of the main cast. It took me about 90 seconds to realize that Adam Driver wasn't out there, which is a little weird. But they did a little Q&A with everyone. It was cool. They introduced you to um, was it Naomi Aki is playing one of the new main characters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so they got to talk to her a little bit. they still keeping that really under wraps who she's playing. Um, it was great to see Lando out there. Oh, my God. Uh, so good. I don't know what was going on with Oscar Isaac. He looks like he... Is can we just get Lando as the Master Code Breaker trending, please? I know, you're so just on. If we can get hashtag Hannah <laughs> trending. <laughs> Fuck, I should have put that on that tweet that ah, went viral. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Missed opportunity. <laughs> it really is. Um, <laughs> now I'm thrown off. Um, <laughs> we didn't get to see Carrie Russell. Uh, she wasn't out there at all. Um, she's supposedly a main character. They, I still don't think they've told us who she's playing. They're keeping it super under wraps, so I don't know what that will reveal to. I'm excited. She's a really good actress. Uh, but Adam Driver wasn't there, which is weird. I, they didn't even dress like, hey, he's busy or whatever. Obviously, he's going to be in the movie. We see him in the trailer. And based on what happened at the end of Episode Eight, it's pretty obvious he's going to be important in this one again. Right. Um, but there was someone else who wasn't on the Imagine so he was that- just like, nah, eh, I don't really care for what's going on with this character. <laughs> I mean... He's a dick. I have inside information. <laughs> um, no, nah, he was probably busy. It's not a big deal. Um, there was someone else who wasn't... Well, Mark Hamill wasn't there, but that's okay. We know he's going to be in it. There was someone else who wasn't on stage. Someone that we didn't know that we should expect. And so they re- they played the trailer at the end of the panel. They yeah. filed everyone off the stage. They turned it down dark. It was in a gigantic theater where everyone is watching. And... I loved the trailer. They've crushed the trailers. So all good. the the new movies. If I'm being, um, I I told I texted Al this. I legitimately I'm not even embarrassed to say I I teared up. I didn't tear up, but I was on the edge of my seat, and so I love that they had Luke, um, narrate. Yep. And some of the narration was stuff from Episode Eight. Some of it was new stuff. I don't know if it was cut from me. Or if they had him re-record it. I think it's pretty obvious he'll be in it, even if it's just for five minutes. In some capacity, yeah. And that's fine. As much or as little as they want to use him, Mm -hmm. great. The trailer was cool. I didn't realize until I was having a conversation when I introduced someone, friend of the show, Caleb, didn't even know the trailer came out. I saw him two days later after the trailer came out that Friday. I saw him on Sunday. We watched the trailer together like five times at his house. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it so much. And I so I was like, yeah, like they've always crushed trailers. Like the Phantom Menace trailer is known to be one of like the greatest trailers of all time, even though the movie didn't necessarily hold up. 
But I didn't realize it's been so long since I'd seen that, the Phantom Menace trailer because the movie came out 20 years ago. Like, why would yeah. I still like remember the trailer that because I was a kid when it came out? I didn't realize that they actually cribbed from that. Uh, it was a carbon copy in some ways. The way with the, the title card about every yep. uh, generation has a legend and stuff like that, which was super cool. Going back and looking at it and seeing how they mirrored it. Yeah, the side and by side is great. The narration works so well on so many levels as the this thread that you can pull from episode one all the way through the saga to episode nine, right? Um, and it worked really well as the specific ties to episode eight itself and the self-contained trilogy seven through nine. And it works with the beats of the trailer, which when you're cutting up a good trailer, that's what you want to do. But they achieved a level of synergy that I didn't think was possible. And it sent chills, electric shocks through my body. Mm-hmm. When he says the line that he had said at the end of episode eight, no one's ever really gone. Oh my God. And it's I silent out. and it's dark. And I didn't know what the fuck was next. But what I did know was something big was imminent. Yeah. And to hear the laughter of Darth Sidious <laughs> in that moment, like electric, absolutely yeah. electric. And the piece de resistance after it ends as everyone's screaming and applauding, they wait a second and they slowly bring the lights up and Ian McDiarmid is standing alone on the stage with a microphone. I, I, I'm getting chills recounting it. The, the theater, they blew the fucking roof off. Oh yeah. Screaming and cheering once they finally see him standing on stage and he's trying to speak and he laughs. He like, he, he revels in it. He's, you could, I loved how much he wanted to be there. Yeah. Like, and he finally waits till it settles down and he gets his Darth Sidious voice on and says, roll it again. Uh, And they play the trailer again and he walks off. That was a good impression. How fucking perfect. It It was 11 out of 10. The the reason why that is so, like, other than what you do, other than the experience itself, like why it's so perfect, (laughs) is when, for me, when it, the trailer ends the first time and you hear the <laughs> when you hear that i go i i was i was now mind you i was sick and i was yes. like completely Feverish. out of it yeah and i've been having like weird fever dreams so i was like what wait <laughs> what and then he was on stage and i was like oh no i heard that right and then he <laughs> said roll it again and i went Please roll it again, <laughs> and then and then when they rolled it again, if you unfortunately if you're watching it live, the second roll didn't actually play properly, but um, it's fine. I just watched it in the darkness anyway. Yeah, so uh, the, amazing. The, the video was a little rough because I think they left the lights on, right? Well, they didn't actually. The first time they did it, they like, I think they like cut it into the feed, and the second okay. time they had like the camera on the screen. Well, I think, but the thing is, they did a split screen because they were showing the audience watching the trailer again mm-hmm. um, when they were playing it the second time. So that Everybody was, part was of freaking said, out. They left the lights up because they wanted you to be able to see the reactions on people's faces. I've never felt like I was in a room that was so far away. Yeah, it was It was an otherworldly experience. I've never seen any sort of promotion in media like that before. It was incredible. And now, you know what? It's fitting because this series has been a pioneer in so many ways sure. to do something like that. I, I could be wrong. I could be misinformed. There could have been something else like that. To me, it was one of the singularly unique 
bits of media that I've experienced. Yeah, for, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I will say, it's really interesting, if you listen back a couple weeks, I was talking about how I'm insanely excited for Endgame. Like, so excited that I can't express how excited I am, that I can't believe we're also getting a Star Wars movie this year, and how am I going to be more excited than I am right now? And then it happened in, like, a matter of three minutes. I was going to say, for a few minutes... Did you just forget a little that Endgame was even a thing? Yes. A hundred percent. And I was like, okay, so it's very clear to me. I mean, I always knew this in my core, but obviously Star Wars greater than Marvel Cinematic Universe. Somehow I've always known. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to stop killing me. I know. Please I, hold. No, but the thing is, I'm, I've been I've been crushing it. It's been perfect. I've got yeah. you. I've got you on the ropes, and I'm just hitting you with mm. body blows now. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Just, just, just punch the guy that can't breathe. That's fine. Um, the one thing I forgot in in detailing the trailer, um, another thing that I loved about it, because it, it's just so perfect, uh, having the Leia loving theme. Ah. Ah. It was so good. Also, having footage that they could they they could pull on, amazing. Yes. Yeah, I'm and... still curious. I still have questions. I'm still curious how they manage her. I'm still curious how they manage the Emperor being back. Is he a force? Is he a Sith ghost? Right. Is he a clone? Possessed, like possessed did object. Possessed object. Is he? Did he come back to life? Did he survive somehow? Because they're going right. to. It's very clearly the wreckage of the second Death Star on Endor, and I I'd seen stills during the panels. Like you know what? that looks a lot like Endor, except. Or the forest moon of Endor, but um, the sh- the lighting is different, which makes sense in a movie made, you mm-hmm. know, almost uh, you know thirty five years later or whatever. So, but and then they had that in the trailer, and I was like, okay, I was right. They are gonna fu- go back to Endor. They're gonna find the remains of the Death Star, whether they find him or some version or some essence of him there, or if it's part right. of a larger chase or manhunt to find him. Maybe there's some sort of race to the finish between the good guys and Kylo Ren. Um, yeah. I, I, what's blowing my mind is I'm kind of curious which it, there's a, there's a chance that that's the opening of the movie. The, of course. Anything which is, go. which well, not the opening opening. Cause the opening is always over the top, crazy action sequence. No, but it, it could be the opening <clears throat> battle could be them on a race to get there, you know, and right. then 20 minutes into the movie, they could right. get there. And I just like I wonder like the oh okay a couple of amazing things uh first off the the lightsaber making Anakin's lightsaber making return fused together so that the design I aesthetic of it is really cool I actually don't love it I wish they would give her her own lightsaber I I think it, it's interesting to me because it's not uh, things are changing yes right so she doesn't it. it the old rules maybe don't apply, right? Or you have to yeah, make your own thing. Part of me is that was one of the main things that you hit on becoming a Jedi. Well, it's it's a catch twenty two because on a the one Skywalker. hand, Skywalker. On the one hand, yeah. Well, on the one hand, <laughs> there's letting the past die and not having to quote unquote do the path of becoming a Jedi, including forging your own lightsaber. But on the other hand, if you're going to reject that, you have to keep that lightsaber, which has been from the beginning of the series. And it's someone else's thing, and it's continual callback to that thing, and it doesn't allow her to be her true self. You know what I'm saying? 
Plus, we had a, we we had a nice clean break, literally and metaphorically, with that in the previous movie. So I can understand what you're saying about trying to reject the idea of the Jedi path, but on the other hand, it's still keeping her tied to that thing from the past. I do think it's going to come down to one of those like she doesn't know how to make one and there's no one to help her learn except maybe the texts but well, having you think you think that not knowing how to know one from scratch would be significantly different than being able to repair a broken one i think being able to repair one that already has all the parts maybe just broken and well, with that I... in combination with the jedi text that she has i think she could make that thing work but maybe not and once she gets it to work, rather than go about making her own one, she just becomes proficient with that one. Now, the well, interesting thing is I don't know how proficient she's going to be because she has a blaster on her side as well. Well, that's the same blaster that Han gave her in the first one. So I'll allow her that bit of nostalgia to hold to someone who actually mattered to her, right? She never knew Anakin Skywalker and what she knows of him, sure. she sure doesn't like, um, though she found out that it was Luke's for a time. So I think that there's probably that bit. But that's the yeah. only father figure that she had for like a day was Han Solo, and that blaster is something that she can keep as a connection point. Maybe to her, being versatile, having a lightsaber and a blaster is mm. the best of both worlds type of deal. I always At any rate, it's going to make some for some incredible fight sequences. I, I would hope so, uh, because they've been a little light on them in the series thus far, um, as much as I liked the throne room scene overall. Oh, so good. <laughs> did you see... I know, brief aside, did you see that video? I retweeted it from the spin tune account of the throne room scene, but in the background playing, instead of the music that was playing, someone cut in. Oh, and Wilson wows. No, the disco star Wars theme. No, from the seventies go on the spin tune and find yeah, I'm that have video. To check that one out. You won't have to scroll very far to find That's it. That's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> oh my God. I, <laughs> That's so great. That, I, I, that disco Star Wars theme, I don't know if you heard it before. It's a real thing. Yeah, I've heard it. I had. A, I heard it on the radio a few few months ago, and I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. I can't. I just... I, I, I don't understand how I could be this excited. Yeah, especially considering they didn't actually tell us a fucking thing in no, that trip. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, which means we're going to have so much more conversation in the uh. next... Eight it's months. Gonna be, it's going to be so good. Oh, Just don't even. When do you think the next trailer will be? The next trailer will be. Remember, I've mentioned a couple times they do the one in uh, for Monday Night Football early yeah. in the football season. That'll be the next trailer we get. It'll be five months from now. Okay. That's the movie fair. comes out in eight months, so I expect that the next trailer will be five months from now. No, that makes sense. That they would do that. They would stick with that. Um. Oh my god. I'm just like replaying scenes of it in my head, and it's just so exciting. The thing is, we could have done an entire episode on Star Wars news if we wanted to. Probably. All right. Sh should we move on? Yes. All right. Let's move now, on. As much as I'd love to continue talking about, it, we, we have been, we have, we've soaked up the opportunity to yeah, talk. Also, about the it. longer we stay on it, my head's just going to explode, and then I'm not going to be able to see it. So, um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. I, I've got just a. Actually, do you have anything? You have nuggets, right? You use nuggets. I have one trailer to discuss, and then one more amorphous nugget to discuss. Give Give me the trailer. Um, I just saw today the trailer for Dark Phoenix. Oh, for the first time. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you see it yet? I've seen it a couple think, of times. Oh, I hadn't seen it. I, the first time I even was really aware of it was yesterday. 
Oh, no, it's it's been around for a bit. As I didn't realize. Yeah. I, I know I'd heard some rumblings that it was coming about, but I didn't realize it's been out for a bit. Um, uh, but I finally saw it today. I actually was kind of interested by the trailer. Oh, I wonder if it's a new trailer. That's why I was wondering, because I was seeing it on Twitter a bunch for the last like, 24 hours. It's probably hours. a new trailer, because the one that I saw, I was like, that I've, saw, I've seen multiple times, I was like, eh. Was it a full trailer or was it a teaser? More of a teaser. Okay, this is a full trailer. Okay. All right. I'll have to, uh, I'll check it out. I'll check it out after this. But it looks, it's enticing? Yeah, it looked interesting. Um, I, this, I, so I never saw Apocalypse, so I don't have okay. a, a full connection to it's this got whole... got your dude in it, though. I know, but I, I, I didn't love Days of Future Past. It was okay. I, li- uh, I think I liked that one. I liked parts of it. Uh, a lot overall it was a bit strained um and at the time apocalypse came out i I was gonna go see it and then i didn't and then i missed the window when it was in theaters and the reviews were really really mixed and i just never got around to it i i do still kind of want to see it um because i like the people like michael fassbender james mcavoy like i like and obviously i like oscar isaac like i like a lot of people involved with it um, I don't have a connection to the newer part of the cast yet, um, and that's obviously going to feature heavily in this movie, specifically oh, yeah. um, Sophie Turner playing Jean Grey. Um, but she was interesting in the trailer. I thought that what they're setting up, like the backstory for it, looks interesting. I don't that, know if it's comic accurate or not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I've never been. Uh, I was never too into the X Men comics, but I always loved the cartoon. The funny thing is that was one of the bits of lore that I actually was familiar with from the cartoon. It was one of the ones that always stuck with me. I saw that few episode run of the Phoenix. So I remember when X2 came out, when it ended and they started teasing it, I was like, oh, shit. Well, actually, I probably didn't say shit because I was like (laughs) 12, but I said something. And You said, oh, shit, and then you were grounded. Yeah, no, like my parents and like my, my, my brother were like, what? I was like, they're, they're going to do the Phoenix thing in the next one. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'll let you, you guys find out what it you happens. Would, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, kind of, because I barely did. But the, the point <laughs> is, I thought it was cool that like even me, who didn't, wasn't like steeped in the lore, knew that that was a big thing that they were teasing. Right. No, it's, it, that, that was pretty cool. I do remember, I remember that. I remember understanding what was happening when that when that yeah. played, um, but yeah, I'll have to check out a new trailer. I mean, I don't know. It, it's kind of been the X Men series on film is a little played out for me. Yeah, I, and, I'm ready for the hiatus that's going to come before they incorporate. Yeah, it. exactly. I think I think it's 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 time to it's time to go to bed for a little bit. <laughs> um. Just like unfortunately Star Wars will, but you know what. Actually, that was the one little bit of the footnote um, that I, I don't know if you caught um, in the interviews that Abrams and, and Kennedy gave. Um, and if you, even if you did, I don't know if the audience did. Um, there will be at least a year or two hiatus. Well, I'd say we'll call it at least a two-year hiatus before we get any movies because there's nothing currently in development. Right. Um, which we knew, more yeah. or less. Um, which is fine. It's yeah. really fine. Like that's good. No, I don't have a problem with that. I, um, I, I just want them to get them right. So if yeah. it means they have to take a year off or two years off, like the, I don't, I, want to I take, wouldn't. I don't want I, them to take five years off, but a year or two, I'm fine. I'm actually. I'd be. I mean, I, they're they're not going to because you know at the end of the day they're a business. But if they took another hiatus and 
um, when the next time it was available, like like my kids were ready to see it, I'd be okay with that. Well, the thing is, they're gonna take a substantial hiatus from the saga, from the titled episodes. That's, oh yeah, that's going away for a while. Yeah, which is fine. Like you said, give the people who are involved a little time to breathe. Give everyone a chance to to move on and resettle and do something else. But um, what they said is, in the very near future, Kennedy, the story group, including like Dave Filoni, Pablo Hidalgo, all those people, J.J. Abrams, no, not sorry, not J.J. Abrams, um, Ryan Johnson, uh, David Benioff, and D. D. Weiss are all going to sit down and they're going to chart what the next five, ten years of Star Wars looks like. What Star Wars means for the next decade. That's and exciting. The two of the the, the, the the pairing of Benioff Weiss, Johnson uh, on his own, are going to plan their separate trilogies, but they're going to be interacting with each other on each other's trilogies. Right. And they're on the inner circle for what is to come next for everything that Star Wars is. Oh my god. And that's exactly the way they should continue doing it. 100%. And I I love that you know they're keeping a it's a very finite group cuz there was the whole thing with Colin Trevorrow and Lord Miller it didn't work out. Abrams was there from start to finish in some capacity all the times, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, those people were all there, but as they're ushering in the new guard, having them all, hey, you're doing that thing, I'm doing this thing, that's cool. That all makes sense. That all works for me. They're going to start, Benioff and Weiss are going to start pre-production of their movies very soon. And Ryan Johnson will start pre-production in earnest in about six months after his other movie, Knives Out, comes out. Mm -hmm. um, and like they've already said, they've had very early discussions. There's in some way, shape, or form talk surrounding the development of something about the Knights of the Old Republic, or specifically the Old Republic, whether that be a TV show on Disney+, Plus, whether it be a movie, whether it be it's been strongly hinted that the Old Republic might be where Benioff and Weiss go. Um, right. which would make a lot of sense for them. Something in that arm of the canon mm -hmm. is going to be reactivated. Well, sorry, those part of the Legends is going to be reactivated into canon again. Right. And we'll get stuff on screen involving that time period again. Yeah, so crazy. It's so crazy. I'm very excited to see where this all goes oh definitely also i'm gonna need i mean i love my movies but this year is out of control <laughs> and we're probably next year's probably gonna suck movie wise like <laughs> let's be serious like if you look at what we're getting this year next year's got no chance That's there's a there's an avengers movie a star wars mainline movie f finale there's an yeah. avengers there's an mcu finale a star wars finale a John Wick finale? <laughs> like, what is happening? Before we get the prequel slash concurrent sequel, the Continental. Right, right. Uh, oh my god, it's just out of control. And then, oh, there's, and there's so so many other things that I didn't mention. This year's just got a bananas roster. Oh, definitely. Um, I've got one last thing, so I'll do that before you give me your other nugget. Okay. Uh, just a a warning. So. <laughs> There's the the Russo brothers put out uh, a letter um, encouraging folks like be excited, have fun, don't spoil Endgame. It was generally the the tone that with the yeah. with the hashtag don't spoil Endgame, which is trending, and I encourage you all to not spoil it and use the hashtag as well. Especially don't spoil it for us because we're going to be seeing it later than we wanted to. Yeah, for sure. Um, but one of the weird things is, uh, 
I like to watch the interviews on talk shows. Uh, I like when the when members of the cast are on different talk shows together. And I came across the one with on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and I was watching, and it was like you know it was fun, like listening to them kind of go back and forth, just like swapping stories about like working together and all this stuff. It's like I, I, that's what I love about it because they seem like an awesome group of people, and it's a lot of fun. To like kind of have more time with those people out of character, and like as I'm getting excited for it because they also seem excited for it, so it's very cool. Uh, but that being said, they played it. They played a TV spot or a a special clip on that that uh, that episode of Kimmel, and I'm pretty sure something got spoiled for me in it. And I was like, Oh, oh. did they? Because they usually do play that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the words that were spoken, which I'm not going to repeat because they may have been a spoiler. I'm not. I, I was just like, ah, and then <laughs> I just turned it off because I was like, I don't know what else is going to happen in here. But it's basically a scene that's in the trailer, extended in its okay. actual context, with what the characters are saying to each other on screen. And, okay. Um. Yeah. Like I said, not going to say it here, but I was just like, wait. Who does what now? <laughs> and then I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> um, so just as much as like, you know, don't spoil. Like y- you can accidentally have the stuff spoiled for you. So I've been, anytime I see something that looks remotely related to it now, I'm actually just avoiding it entirely. Um, we've only got a week to go. So Time to fire up the block cannon on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I am not. There is no, there's not going to be any social media interaction uh, from the minute that movie comes out. Till I see it. Don't worry, we'll still be on the spin shoot and spin shoot sports show. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not looking at it. I I will, Anthony. Okay. Will. All right, <laughs> I, I'll take a look. I'm gonna I'm gonna put earmuffs earmuffs and blinders on. I muffs. I muffs. <laughs> I muffs and earmuffs. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, that's that was just like a PSA though to really to just watch out because there's there's stuff there is already stuff out there. Um, going around, so don't don't get this movie spoiled for you because it's going to be a big deal. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, mentions in one of the interviews how the last eight minutes of the film were his favorite, and that's just like that in itself feels like a weird like it's not, but it's like almost like I was like ah, I've, still it's just too much. No more information. I've got enough info. I'm ready for the movie. So <laughs> just keep an eye out. All right, what's your last nugget? Uh, my last thing is kind of just more a conversation on <clears throat> uh, Marvel Phase 4. Oh, okay. Because we're getting some news now, finally, it's trickling in. Um, especially about the things that are new properties. Remember we talked about, was it Shang-Chi, the, that, the one movie that they're going to be doing that we'd seen some casting for already? Yep. Um, and now there's a bunch of news coming out on The Eternals, which I know nothing about. Yeah, I've got, I've got nothing. Oh, we're getting casting news. Um, okay. So it seems like Angelina Jolie is going to be the lead in that, which kind of out of left field to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kamel Johnny seems like he's signing on, um, and they Love just him. announced. Yeah, me too. Um, and then they just announced that Ma Dong Suk, who I could be pronouncing incorrectly, he's a South Korean actor who is famous from Train to Busan, which was a Korean zombie movie. Okay. Uh, I think my brother saw it. it. Like apparently, it's been very, very well regarded. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is I've his debut in uh, in American movies. Um, 
So, yeah, those three have been, it seems like they're all but certain to be three of the stars of this movie. It's going to be obviously an ensemble movie. I did the briefest bit of reconnaissance on what the Eternals were, and they're some sort of mystical beings created by the, I already forgot the name of the term from some sort of, uh, oh, the the Celestials, that's it. Okay. Like uh, what the Kurt Russell ego, the living ego. planet was, mm-hmm. he was one of the Celestials. Um Beings of similar ilk to him created this group, the Eternals. Um, beyond that, I don't know much about them at all. Um, okay, so it's, it's gonna probably going to be like a it'll be like a cosmic themed. I think so, but I do believe that they're centered on or around Earth. I'll say the oh. solar system. Okay. Um, I think, but I'm not 100 percent sure. The news on that is trickling out, and also whatever it was on the comics could be substantially different by the time it gets to screen. Sure. Um, that's the type of property that they would be inclined, I think to uh, be willing to rework a lot of the backstory on. Right. Um, but that's cool. There's the other one that we talked about. There's um, obviously guardians three, which will be somewhere down the line because they're still making the suicide squad sequel <laughs> or prequel or requel or whatever. NyQuil. Just, um, just... <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna get some of that later. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, just don't. Yeah. You know what's funny? I I own Suicide Squad. Don't get me wrong. I own Suicide Squad. I think we might I, too. I don't. Know. I've seen it more than once. I know uh, it's I've bad. I've only I've only seen it once all the way through. I know it's bad, but I have it. It's pretty aggressively bad. And there's a Joker in it. So I felt obligated, but now they know, I feel like they know, like if I have my number, right? Because they're just going to do Joker shit all the time now. It's going to cause me to buy it. It's really not, it's not right. Really. No, no. Um, well, that I, sounds more like a you problem, though. It, oh, 100% is. I have like this weird completion set issue in my mind right now because I don't own the Justice League movie. But I'm also fighting, actively fighting against buying it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's Fine, a, just, I, wait, just wait for the Snyder cut. <laughs> stop it! <laughs> Get out of here with that. I know, I, I know. I already said last episode we're not doing it anymore, but that was a joke I had to do. It's, it's, uh, uh, anyway, that's that 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 could be interesting. I'm excited. To, I what I'm excited for with the next phase of the MCU is you're gonna have to reset expectations, right? Yeah. And you're gonna have to go in with an open mind. And that I I really uh, Kim and I have been talking about this lately. When you see like a movie that you, going into a movie and not having any idea what it's about is actually kind of liberating, and it's a, it's it's making watching the movie a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, the last time that that really truly happened for me was on something like this was episode eight, because mm-hmm. um, Infinity War we in in. Pl- knew a lot of what was going to happen. Sure. Or were able to draw accurate conclusions about the big picture things that were going to happen. Maybe not some of the specifics, for sure. Um, but yeah, for a lot of these things, you go in with a certain bit of awareness of what's going to of what's to come, or at least like the synopsis. It's nice to be able to have a little blind faith that I trust that they're going to make something that I there's going to be some version of me liking. You know, I, mean? I may right. love it. Maybe my favorite movie ever. I might be, oh, yep, that was really good. But, you know, not yeah. an all-timer for me, whatever. But the point is, I'm coming out happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like this, this will backfire sometimes. Like sometimes you're gonna get the first season of Jessica Jones, <laughs> and then sometimes you're gonna get the second half of the season of Luke Cage. Like <laughs> it, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. But uh, it's I'm 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 excited. I mean, I know the thing is, I just I know that the movies are gonna be. They're not gonna put them out unless they're good. Yeah. Well, at this stage, no. So, it, yeah, it's uh, we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be it's what, gonna be interesting. What I'm interested in and I'm excited about or what I what I, I'm appreciative of them doing for phase four is we're gonna get a good mixture of some stuff that we've already been introduced to as well as some stuff that we haven't seen before. We're gonna get a Captain Marvel two, a Doctor Strange two, a Black Panther two, Star mm-hmm. uh Spider Man Far From Home is gonna come out a few months after. Oh my god, that comes out this year? Jesus they, Christ. <laughs> they actually they moved up the date a few days too. It's July second is this now official release Unbelievable. date. Um we're going to get all those things, right? And then we're going to get the Shang-Chi. We're going to get uh, Eternals and other things as well, I'm sure. Uh, either I'm forgetting some things that they've announced. Because actually, I they announced the Eternals a while back, but I didn't realize it was a movie. I actually thought it was going to be one of the Disney Plus things. Hmm. Uh, and now I'm realizing, oh, no, it's like it's an actual movie. This is going to be something that's part of Phase 4. And on top of all of that, we're going to get the shows on... Disney Plus, there's Scarlet Witch and the Vision, there's the Loki one, there's a Black Widow movie that's coming out. You know what I mean? And again, that has potential to be maybe a prequel or uh, something concurrent with what we've gotten, or sure. it could be a, a true sequel. I don't know. They're keeping that under wraps, obviously, until after Endgame comes out. Right. Well, what the, also what's interesting is with the number of characters that um, there are going to continue to get movies, like you mentioned, like Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, folks that uh, Black Panther, ones that we we know and love already. Um, the, they're doing it's basically the, the same they have the same amazing formula that they had before we're going to give you a movie you know a movie you know and then we're going to throw in Paul Rudd as Ant-Man like, you know <laughs> what I mean like we're going to throw in this yeah. other one but don't worry Avengers is coming out a few months later like, like they're going to do like they just they just do that and they're like oh I actually like that character so then they do that again and like they, they have a really good thing going they know how to play the audience uh, yeah, it's, it's very impressive and terrifying um, that they just <laughs> that they just have like they literally like that they have their hand in my wallet. Like it's amazing. Treat us but gently. I, I respect them, but I fear them. <laughs> treat us gently, uh, our Marvel Entertainment overlords. Right. You you can have the control as long as you keep giving us the product that we want. Because right. if you don't, we're gonna have problems. Then you then you're just DC. Yes. Speaking of DC, shall we get into our flick of the week? Um. Transition. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right, Shazam! Uh, just say the word. I didn't realize this had a. Uh, it was a, it's a tagline, a subtitle. I think it's a tagline. I don't think it's a subtitle. All right. Um, I'm gonna give you the old IMDb synopsis. Not that we probably don't really need it, but anyway, uh, we all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Batson's case, by shouting the one word Shazam. The streetwise fourteen-year-old foster kid can turn into the grown-up superhero Shazam. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Let's get a. Let's get a couple things out of the way right quick. Uh, let me get your. Uh, let me get your tweet length review. Can you give me one of those? Sorry, I realized that I probably should have brushed up on these notes that I wrote uh, like Uh-oh. nine di- nine days ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a tweet length review. Doesn't have to be like um, it doesn't have to be constrained to the actual character count. You know what I mean? Just give me a well, give me a, a quick review. Part of it is here in one of my notes. Uh, this hits the beats of a classic origin story 
And it's fine here, but it's getting time for DC to move on past that. Yeah, okay. That's actually pretty great. It's pretty I, close to what I have. I'll have I'll put period arousing good time. Okay. So I wrote entertaining character dynamics explored with the weak storytelling of a tired origin formula. Good for a few chuckles. It's not the best. It's in the upper half of the modern DC. <laughs> um, the fact that I don't know how to impact that best because it's not even an upper half and a lower half situation. It's like... It's up a, with those other two. No, what it is is <laughs> it's a Darth Maul upper half, lower half situation mm. where there's a where one top exists. half... That, there's a top half that one of it, it exists and is alive and a bottom half that is crippled and dead. Get, <laughs> yeah, he was going to say necrotize and and disintegrate away. <laughs> the other, the other, I gave it, I gave two. Um, well, I guess this is more like an addendum to that. It's, you I'm going to start doing this for you because you've been asking this and it's, I like it. It's a good way to start. Yeah. I'm going to start. Honestly, I think that. let's start doing this and then we'll give a, we'll give the audience a good go or no go. And then we could just lift the veil and then we can go into spoiler territory. Yeah, that would probably be a more efficient way that we should have figured so, out more, more than two years into the show. <laughs> Or episode 84, you mean? Okay. Uh, I said, you don't need to rush to see it, but if you're in the mood for some popcorn and there's some delightful scenes, it's pretty funny. If you're experiencing superhero fatigue, this is the one to skip. It did keep it fresh some because this is the first kid-friendly one. where Ah, not, interesting. I'm going to disagree not, with that. <laughs> not kid-friendly, but it's very much catering specifically to younger audience than the other ones. The other ones allow the younger audience to be a part of it. This one encourages it. Um, I don't know. So, and here's the reason. I've got, actually, this. I had this in post-spoilers, but there's no, there's no spoiler here. Uh, the violence in the movie is, I have a visceral reaction to it. Well, most of the violence was off screen though. No. Well, that, of that sort, at least. No, no. So I'm going to give you a couple of things. Again, these are not spoilers. Uh, Maybe some I need of them, a refresher. I, I some, yeah. Some, some of them are clips that are in, that are in trailers, things like that. There's a scene of people falling inside of a bus onto the glass because the bus is vertical. Now, it's interesting. I don't know why I had this reaction to it, but whatever they did sound effect wise and the pause and motion of the characters made me feel it's like a, they were dead. It's and approaching it, the glass. It was it was it was rough and it was to the point where it was like, uh, like that doesn't this movie's not fun right now. I'm actually but concerned. That's true, but there's no blood. There isn't. But surprisingly, and, and the it's, things that, the it's things more that brutal. There was potential for horrific stuff was like some of the like demonics guys it's the seven deadly sins okay the demonic stuff um if most of that happened off screen really sure most of that stuff did and that stuff wasn't even like that happening off screen was fine and well no what i'm saying is it was suggestive of were they to have put it on screen would have been a little more gory than what we saw for sure and that's why i'm saying it's more encouraging of a younger audience but the the Okay, I I understand what you're saying. I just think that some of the other... Like, the violence that you wouldn't expect to be put off by, I was put off by. And that's the stuff that I don't think was really um, suitable. for. I guess I just didn't view that as violence because it was more of the accident variety. 
well, there's that. There's also there's a scene, um, someone getting hit in the head with a with a blue ball. I'm just gonna put that there because we're in pre spoilers. Glowing blue ball hitting the head with it, and it's also very like it, it is intense the way that it goes down, the way that it happens, and the sound that it makes, and the way that they play it out. It's it's uncomfortable. It's a weird level of uncomfortable that I didn't expect to feel watching a movie like this. Yeah, but that could have gone again. That could have gone into Kill Bill Volume Two stuff, and again, it sure. didn't. Right. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so it didn't go into NC Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was rated R, but like, it, why was it even rated R? Like, that's ridiculous. Um, but it, yeah, it was. the <laughs> Kill Bill. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's some of the stuff was a little. I I I didn't personally like have a problem with it. I was just like, oh, that was, huh, that was a little aggressive. That was a little weirder than I expected. They it's gave true, me a little bit more than I needed there. <laughs> I, I, I understand what you mean, but because it was done tastefully, visually, um, and because a lot of the tone is definitely preteen teen, mm-hmm. uh, and some a lot of the humor and jokes were as well, that's why I'm saying it's more obviously catering to a, a slightly younger audience than most of what's come before it. So, do you suggest our audience go see this if they haven't yet? Yeah, it, it was a good time. It was a fun movie. Yeah. It's something that I won't be upset when they announce officially a sequel to. You know what sure. I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Um, like I said, overall. My opinion on it is if you are one of those folks that is kind of getting tired of these movies, you, you're you going to be tired of this. And I will say that they did a good job, considering they just, no holds barred, were doing an origin movie. Yeah. Um, unlike something like Captain Marvel, which found a way to, to recut it and redress it in a way that yeah, it was cool. would be otherwise. Um, they did do some things when they did the classic you know, experimenting with your powers montage, they did it in a way that's never been done before. Yep. So that's the way that if you're going to just do a no frills origin story, that's the way you do it to yeah. try to get past a bit of that whole thing. But it suffers from a lot of the classic three act origin story things where you don't get much in the way of pacing of action and it just builds to one final fight that ends up being over or underwhelming rather with one exception. There's um, there's also a lot of like wink, wink at the camera references to like the universe and the world, which they do is... seem to be positioning him to be something of the rated PG 13 Deadpool. Yeah. And which is, <clears throat> that's fine. Um, but know know how bad that you've done in the past DC and, and don't don't reference too hard. Well, I will say the very final scene <laughs> was amazing. Actually, was uh, <laughs> instead of what you're indicating that could be kind of a middle finger to the audience was actually a middle finger to what came before. Mm. Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. I, I I thought the last the final scene of the movie, which we'll get into in the in the spoiler territory. I actually I I laughed out loud at that one. I I appreciated it. Oh, it was it was very well executed. Yeah, yeah. And that that kid, what's his name? Hang on, what's this actor's name? Uh, Asher, Asher Angel or the other one? No, Jack Dylan Grazer. Well, I guess I was saying, I guess it's the other one because he, in the final scene he has this incredible scream that he does multiple times in the movie, like a yell 
Like, it's a short, like, yell, scream, and it's abrupt, and it just ends. And it's like an excitement or fear, and it's hysterical. I don't know why, but it's so funny. And he does that in the final scene. It's great. Yes. Um, and he is clearly the Michael Pena role. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I rewatched Ant-Man, and I, he's amazing in that. So he's amazing. Good. Um, okay, cool. Shall we get into the post-spoilers area? Might as well. Lifting the veil. Uh, so the movie starts off, and I'm like, what's up, Lionel Luther? So I don't know if you watched Smallville. I, I did not. But um, the, but uh, the kid's dad, the actor Mark Strong, he plays okay. Lionel Luther in Smallville for that series. And I was super into it back in the day. And it's just so funny when something like that happens where it's like, um, you know, Johnny Flame is also Captain America. Like that, like those the same actor mm. in the universe. Um, granted, I know it's not the same. Wait, did you just call him Johnny Flame? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely not. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm getting at. And uh, I'm sorry, Johnny Flame sounds like a male porn star name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were gonna get at that. Um, but anyway, that I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh man, I remember this guy. He was an asshole in Smallville. And I was like, oh. Oh. Still an asshole. I feel right at home. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a douche. What a douche of a father. That guy sucked. There's a lot of people who sucked in this movie. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of rough characters. Uh, very, very weird. Uh, yeah, the, the father and the brother um, suck. They suck. Re- Real douche canoes. When the brother gets thrown out of the window, I was ready to jump up and clap. <laughs> like, uh, there was a lot of uh, family members getting thrown through windows because the father did in the pre or the prologue as well. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, when that happened, I went good. <laughs> um, and then he then he's blind, right? Oh wait, no, that's also Smallville. Um, yeah, no, he was not blind. <laughs> Though I, well, I was a little confused because me and my brother went to see it and we we're like, oh. How the fuck is he still alive? And then they flash forward and that whole thing's going on. I was like, wait a minute, he's okay. Oh, no, okay, he is in a wheelchair. Fine. I'll allow it. We're staying consistent here because he got up and walked away from that way too easily. Well, not, yeah. not walked, I guess, but oh. still. <laughs> was um, not a joke on the handicapped. I was honestly was a little thrown there. <laughs> uh, what's the deal with DC's CG? I don't know, but it's still bad. And again, that's kind of the point I was making about it being more childlike because it reminded me more of how like a child's shows cg would would be yeah it's just at this point though you know what they even if the texturing was as bad as it is and some of the other like some like some some of the models don't seem finished at times the thing that throws me the most is that they have not figured out perspective well, the thing I don't understand is they spend a ton of money on these movies. I why, know. Why is it so – it looks – it just looks cheap. It, yeah, it looks really bad. So where is the money going? Because, a... like, they're putting out the same budgets as the Marvel movies, and the Marvel movies are cutting-edge CGI, yeah. and this CGI is stuck in 2005. The Marvel movies are de-aging people by 40 years. <laughs> yeah, Effectively. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then you have Gluttony running around looking like uh, 
special effects from the original Ghostbusters. Like all of them, all of them looked like yeah, that stop motion CGI that like that. Uh, what were the fucking the creature? I don't even know what those Hellhound things were called. I know that it was the Gatekeeper and the Keymaster ultimately, but I don't <laughs> remember what the actual things were called. Right. Yeah. Neither do I. That's fine. But horrible. And I was just like, it was. Yeah. It's, it is. It is jarring when you're watching it, and it pulls you out of the experience. Yeah, I don't understand what where where is the money going? I don't know. I don't know. Someone's got someone's got to know. I mean, the, like, it wasn't exactly a star-powered cast. It's not like like Zach Levy's famous enough, and Mark Strong is a famous actor, but a character actor. Like what, <laughs> Mark like, Strong played a bad guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like, like you know what I mean? Like you think you think about how much fucking money they paid to like <laughs> actor salaries in Infinity War? Yeah. And sure, that movie had a bigger budget than this one. Fine. Sure. But the CGI is nigh impeccable right. in those in that movie. And it sucks in this movie. Right. It's worse than Iron Man. It's worse than Iron Man that came out 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's on the level with Walking Dead Deer. Yeah. And that's it unacceptable. Like, that's what I'm saying. It looks cheap. It looks like TV CGI. Yeah. yeah it's, it, I, don't, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, well, mo- moving on from that, just because this, this, we're not going to have an answer to that. It's just, it's just garbage. It's absolutely trash. Uh, speaking of Walking Dead, uh, when the foster father shows up on screen, Kim and I both turned to each other immediately and went, "Jerry!" Yes, <laughs> very excited. Still, still playing the Jerry character. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He was. Jerry. There's right? anything wrong? With no, no. Uh, I want uh, more Jerry, more better. Yes, that's that's what I think. And he uh, kind if, of if, also, I, if I were making indie films, I would find a way to cast him. He he kind of also played the same character in Halt and Catch Fire too, but like Jerry, the younger years, like what Jerry would be in college. For those of you who don't know who Jerry is, it's Cooper Andrews. He's just a he's just a wonderful just force of jubilance that just <laughs> appears. He's just a big happy teddy bear. I I love him. He's fantastic. Uh. Man, I I actually I, I loved his character. Like his character was actually really good. He played he yeah. played a good father figure. Uh, the I think what was his name? He was Victor and Rosa. I yes. feel like they, they played well off each other. Like they, they felt like a real relationship. Yes, they felt like convincing as yeah as as a as a husband and wife in this like big foster family situation. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was it was it was charming. The whole the whole foster family. Oh my god, charming! The little girl, best, Darla? best actress in the entire movie. Maybe, yeah. She, okay. she was, she is adorable. Yes, and, and and I did like how they slowly, well, quickly a little at first, but like kind of give you here's the introduction to the family. Yeah, and then here's a little bit about this guy, and here's a little bit about this girl, and here's a little bit about this guy, and here's a little bit about this girl. You know what I mean? Like, they gave you a little backstory. They found a way to kind of weave that into the narrative as they go along, mm-hmm. right? Because each one had their own thing. Like, she's on the heavy lifting on the front end. There's um, Freddie, who because they're closest in age, or you know, have like that close relationship. So, and then there's him later on. Uh, counseling uh the older sister about you know going to college and all that stuff and mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, I liked how they they spread it out rather than just dump it all in your lap immediately yeah no it was good it, it, it was even though it even though the movie suffered from the writing being that 
stale origin story. I actually thought that a lot of at least the character and world building and dialogue stuff was strongly written, even if the overall plot was a little weak. Yeah, the yeah, the plot the plot was a little blah. But yeah, I agree. No, um, but it's I mean it's time to get like like it is what it is. Like we know what it is. We've we've assessed and addressed what it is. So to move on from that part. I, I want to get to, down into the like the things that are new and fresh. And that yeah, typically that would lag when that when the big picture part of the script is gonna lag. The rest of it often will as well. But the connected tissue in this movie was really strong. I thought. Yeah, I agree. It, it, this movie suffered a little bit from uh, the trailer showing some of the great scenes and some of the really funny stuff. Like him throwing Batman. What's that? Like him throwing Batman. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> I, like it was. It was cool. It, it, like those things when they played out, they were. There was a longer scene. They were funnier. There was more to it. Um, but then it's. But they were some of the best scenes. So it's like, it kind of cheapens it. They did a really good job of keeping the big reveal at the end under wraps, which was a pleasant surprise to me. Yeah, uh, to to me, to you, uh, to the guy that was in the row with us by himself, like all the way down that applauded and oh nice hooted when it happened. He was very excited. <laughs> he, hey, went, he was in the yeah, room. and he clapped, and I was like, all right, this guy knows Shazam, I think. Um, <laughs> no, but that was pretty cool. When they all turned into, I was like, well, <clears throat> first off, when I when we first see like that lair. And uh, Shazam mentions the, the the number of brothers and sisters. Yeah, as soon as we got to the foster house, foster family, I was like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> I just started counting. I was like, this is probably what's going to happen here. And which, then, admit, admittedly, they, there wasn't seven of them. No, which confused me in the end. I was like, so is there another one? Does he have the power of two? Like, what's well, happening? Well, there, there was something that I was, as, as I was going through, right? Because I was like, oh, I'm going to file that away. That'll be, what I what I expected was going to happen was this movie will be set up and then the next movie will be about him, like finding the people to join him, right? You know, and maybe some of the family joins him or whatever. But the revealing the Shazam family the Shazamily, if you will, at the end of the movie nice. is a strong way to do that. <laughs> is there something you want to say about what no, I just said? I just like it. <laughs> I appreciate it. There was a look on your face that I thought you had something to say. <laughs> um, but I did think that was a good way to tie that arc together start to finish, right? Mm-hmm. There's like the narrative coherence there, despite the fact that there wasn't seven of them. And also... Um, it was pretty obvious that they didn't they ran out of powers to give yeah. everyone because if you realize that as they're doing it um the Shazam League they completely cut Mary out of that during the fighting yeah but d- what I didn't understand I I didn't fully follow I feel like they were showing them realizing what powers they had or was it that each one had one because each one they- of them had one because in the end, they all seemed pretty strong. They did, but each of them had... Like an abundance a, of one? Like a highlight power. Okay. Um, but Mary didn't seem to have one, which is why she's not in the whole final fight sequence. so funny. It's so, Except yeah. for in the background. I did you notice that while we were watching Yeah, it, it was bizarre. I, I was trying to track it all. Because Darla was running around. Right. Um, and Freddy was the one who could fly, I think. Uh, yeah. and then yes, because doesn't he uh, swoop in and, and save the two turds? 
Yeah, and yes, yes. And then um, the other, was it Pedro? Um, Pedro was, I think, super strong, right? Yes. Well, and then, um, I, I, well, I forgot what Eugene's um, power was, now that I think about it. I don't remember what his power was, but the, like each of them had a power, but then they just conveniently stopped showing Mary. And I realized as they're going along, I was like, oh, they, because they're like, she's like, I can run. Like, I'm super strong. I can fly. And then like, she's just like, and I'm Mary. <laughs> Wait, but, but Shazam still has. Yes. Which that bit of it, I was a little confused about too, because the whole gist of it with the Dr. Zavanna thing was that, as the demons left him, he lost power commensurate with how many of them that he released from himself. Right. Because that was the whole thing is that he always kept the one, and then Envy finally was allowed to come out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's how Co- they defeated him. Envy out was really funny. Yes, I that, that was, was very... really well done. Um, what I didn't love was the seven... I just didn't love the seven deadly sins tie-in. Like, I didn't... I just didn't get it in the context of everything else going on. Um, specifically because where they come from and what we're dealing with here. Well, I think there was an opportunity for them to show it manifest itself, where mm-hmm. specific devious things that he did were tied to one of them being the dominant sin at the time, right? You know, if he... Because he did the whole thing, right? Which one are you? And he says, it was it greed or whatever it was? Yeah. Like, whatever the thing was, he says, you get to have him. That made sense to me, right? Like, that was a right way to do it. But then for his continued misdeeds after on, like, yeah, you're right. They should have showed why it mattered that it was the sins, right? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. It's like they it's like they had an idea, and they started building around it, and then they got sidetracked doing this other stuff, and then were like, oh, we should probably go back to that at some point. Like, that, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, oh, light, lightning hands. That was what the last kid had. Oh yeah, the the shocking power like Duh. epic. Um, <laughs> um, also, while we're on the topic of the Shazamily, um, some some cool cameos, right, with um, the cast like as their adult selves. Yeah, um, Adam Brody, Megan Good. Um, I think one of the other ones was from something else. wasn't Was it Ross Butler? Yep. I think I. I what was he from? Uh, let me see. I'll pull up for you. Um, he was... Oh, I know him from Riverdale. Yes, okay. No, I knew there was something he was on that was... And he, he's also on that 13 Reasons Why, which is really popular on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, man. <laughs> I was I, I was kind of rooting for those two bullies to die. Is that bad? I was a little confused. Yes, it's a little bad, but also they were the worst with a U. Um... What sort of school were they going to? I don't know. I don't understand. Because it was like K through twelve, and a, and a pickup truck. What's what I'm saying? Because like, there was like an eight year old girl in that school, but in the same school there was a kid who had their driver's license and a jacked up pickup truck. Yeah, and it's like they, I feel like the only reason they had that scene was so that they could lift it and drop it. Sure, and also. Why were they allowed to park kind of on the curb on the middle of a main road? I, I, yeah. See, these are the things. Like, like what was going on there? It's like when that ha- when something like that happens in a movie, I just my head like, kind of just like cocks to the side and I go, "What?" Yeah, because like, 
And it's not like it happened just for the one scene when they first introduced it. Like, that, fine. But then, like, they come to school on another day and are just half on the curb parked. Like, there's no other cars parked on the street. It's not like they were no. in a parking spot badly. No. It's very clear that in that school zone, there's no one supposed to be parked. Why are they not parking in a parking lot? How is it not getting towed every day that they're at school? I don't know. And again, it's I cannot a, it's stress a, it's enough. A, it's immersion breaking. It was like, it's not like it was like some tiny little like private school where like it was K through 12. It was like a big fucking school. It was like a yeah, high like school. A, it was like a campus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what school were they going to? Very, very bizarre. It was funny though when you look at the crowd and like someone's got a Batman backpack. And it's like, that's kind of funny. Like I get it. Like it's I mean, I real like world too. Because it's quiet. You know what I mean? They're yeah. Not like you're just, at, you're like, just living in the world. Yeah. Um, the, the Superman bullet. The authentic Superman. Yeah, that was good. That was, I like that. Uh, and if you're going to do something overt that's like vague enough that it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about... So I already mentioned Darla, the best character. Uh, when she's older, but yeah. she's still seven, great. <laughs> Hysterical. Well, oh, I guess it was true of all of them to a yeah. certain extent. I mean, yeah, we but she was really... the youngest, so like it just made it very silly. Yeah. Because yeah. she was just running around like with this childlike glee on her face because she can move really fast. And I thought that was hysterical. Well, childlike glee is definitely the way to refer to all this because, like, Zach Levy was having the time of his life oh, yeah. in this movie. Like, even more than Jason Momoa as Aquaman, yep. I felt. Like, and, well, maybe not childlike, we'll say, you know, teenage, like, whatever. Like, he sold that role of that you know that whole big scenario right of like a young kid who's like you're welcome for not getting robbed like it's the like that it was he was he was a big kid it was great yeah he was having a good time like he crushed it i like him he's a good actor he's got good personality and like he nails all like the awkward like stuff that you expect from like a teenager who's trying to like act tough you know all that stuff I, i i read some criticisms that they of people saying that they didn't feel that he reflected the younger, the young version of the character, and I disagree with that. Strong disagree. I thought it was actually kind of spot on. I thought he, I was like, oh, you're you're play. It's like it's, it's actually difficult. You're playing that kid playing his part older. Yeah. Like, how, well, okay. Like, there's a lot to think about there to make that work, and I and I think you pulled it off, and I think that's impressive. Yeah, there's actually. He was he played a kid better than the kid did. Yeah, the kid played older than his years because that's what a kid who like lived on the streets his whole life would be like, right? Yeah. Someone who's when your suffering abandonment issues. Tr- mom's just a garbage person. Billy's mom is a the garbage level of, person. Oh, that was bad. Um, it was really bad actually. <laughs> and the I, thing is, like, I I called it in the beginning because which I don't think that's like much of an accomplishment to call it, but it's like. Like, they're going through it, and, like, okay, like the kid gets lost. And, okay, so, like, a few hours is, like, so did she, like, die? Are we going to find <laughs> out that she, like... I'm, I was like, are we going to find out that the reason that she never found it was because, like, she was in a panic and got, like, hit by a car or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because otherwise, sure, he might go missing for 12 hours or a day, but eventually the police are going to track down the mother, right? <laughs> right, like, if... Billy, if she's alive and you find her, she can only be a horrible person. Yes, because that, yeah. that's the only alternative. Is she didn't die? Was either 
the entire state of Pennsylvania is really bad at tracking down someone who is looking for their missing child, right. or they're actively hiding from that missing child. Or they have amnesia. Yeah, again, the frantic getting hit by a car thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even then, she'd probably still be in the town. They'd know who she was. Yeah. But that's the thing I was I was like so, so like so scratch that Billy's mom can only be an asshole. Yeah, which we saw that she clearly is. I <laughs> do feel bad for her some, but she's still a shitty person. You know what made uh, me feel the worst what? is when they played that cl- clip of Billy as a little kid sitting on the front of the squad car. With oh yeah, his hot that's right. chocolate kicking his little feet. <laughs> I was like, this is just heartbreaking. Can't watch this. But getting back to what started us down this path, um. That kid played, like I said, older than his years, mature in a way that you'd expect a kid who went through that to have to be. And the Zachary Levy as Shazam played the young kid who doesn't have to put on the facade anymore because he's actively wearing it right. on, those, on those pecs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That, that was another uh, – when I was talking about the um, – what was it? Freddy's character – doing his scream another one of his screams when he touches his chest and, <laughs> and it's shocking he goes oh! <laughs> like he just like he lets out these like ridiculous sounds and there's they're so funny i love i love little things like that that cracks me up uh, yes definitely i only actually have one other note on here and it's about the final scene so do you have other notes um yeah um i was a little disappointed with dr savannah slash Mark Strong. Yeah. Uh, and I don't view it as a failing of Mark Strong. I don't think they gave him enough I, to do. They just didn't write the character out. Yeah. Cause, I mean, like, he's, like, he clearly, like, is hamming it up a bit as, like, like, this campy, like, bad guy. Like, you could see, like, like, he was kind of having fun with it at times, although part of it was to play, like, a stiff, right? Because, like, he's, in a lot of ways, he's a parallel to Billy himself, right? Forced to grow up before his time. Mm-hmm. Um, due to a negligent family, um, so you can see the whole two sides what, of the same coin. We could see what someone who doesn't get the outlet and the family that they deserve—the outlet of Shazam and the, yep. the family he deserves in the Foster family—what that person could become is is him, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the best sort of villain, right? Where whether it be explicitly, implicitly, that you see is a is is a, a bizarre world mirror image of the hero. Right. Um, so from that perspective, I liked that bit, but that's really on the surface. They just didn't give him much to do. He's a fucking amazing actor. I love yeah, him. I know. That's the thing. And it felt like the role was underused. It felt like even when he was on screen, he wasn't given much to do, really. Just every time I see him, all I, I, all I can think of is his best scene. That he's Country road! Amazing. Take, Take me home <laughs> to the play, and uh, what a great scene! Ah, oh, no. uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go see Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Ah, uh, it's so good, so good. So good. What a just such an incredible scene! Um, right, I'm gonna have to rewatch that one scene after this <laughs> call. But uh, um, the the only other little nugget I had was um and it is truly a small nugget which you won't even fully be able to appreciate because you never finished Archer but I was really disappointed that TV's Michael Gray wasn't in this movie at all 
Um, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, in season six of Archer, um, and it's honestly the only reference point I have for Shazam before I saw this movie, um, there was um, a scene where they're in this CIA bunker about to do something ridiculous that's not important. And one of the people there is TV's Michael Gray, a random actor <laughs> from TV. Uh, and it's voiced by Michael Gray on Archer. And he's his involvement to the plot is entirely tangential and irrelevant to the point of confusion. But he <laughs> ends up being a great comedic element. Um, and that so when, stupid. when Archer goes, it's oh my God, it's TV's Michael Gray. Everyone's like, the fuck are you talking about? And he goes, from the Shazam ISIS hour on, tele <laughs> on television? So there was a live-action superhero show about Shazam in, I think, the 70s, but I'm not 100% sure, followed by another superhero show, ISIS, not the terrorist organization, oh although it's incredible that Archer's organization was named ISIS until the terrorist organization became a thing. Um it was based on the the Egyptian god Isis, and they played those two shows back to back on like Saturday morning cartoons. And Michael Gray played Shazam on that show. Oh my god! That is literally the only point of reference I have for Shazam prior to sitting down to watch this movie was TV's Michael Gray. That's amazing. And I was so upset that he wasn't in a cameo in some part of the movie. That would yeah, that would have been great. Oh, man. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't even know what I'm talking about, and you're disappointed. No, I am. I, that's really funny. <laughs> that show's ridiculous. I love that show so much. The new season comes out in like a month. Um, I think it's supposed to be the final season. It looks like they're going for kind of part alien, part a lot of other space sci-fi, space opera things. It, it looks like it's going to be ridiculous. So Naturally. Uh, so the last, the final note is is the final scene, and that is the scene in the lunchroom, which pulled together so nicely and so triumphantly. When again, all, another callback, great like narrative coherence, like callback yes. to earlier in the movie. Yep, where not only, not only did he, did Shazam show up for Freddy at the lunchroom, but all of his family did, and so did Superman. And that that when he turns to his side and he screams, it's a it's so like I it is you have to go see the movie for this this kid's performance art screaming. It's amazing. I don't yeah. know why it's so funny to me. It gets the rea I will not every time I will have the same reaction of laughter out loud just because I I just find that to be so hysterical the way that he delivers those screams. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> and it's just. And also, when it happened, I was like, this is the greatest thing. I, as it was happening, I was like, awesome. Like, he's going to come in. He's going to come in the other door. And then when he gets in there and he goes, I brought somebody else with me. I was like, I, th I didn't think that they were going to put him on screen. I thought you were just going to have to assume. Yeah. But they brought him on screen without his head because the whole Henry Cavill's not Superman. <laughs> Well, the thing he... is, it's, it's it's pretty obviously supposed to be that version, right? Because yep. the suit is it's the same suit. dark, glossy suit. Like, yep. um, so funny. It looks enough like a body double of him would look, too, right? Absolutely. Like, based on what he was on screen Absolutely. in the other movies. Um, that was pitch perfect. Do it, like, the setup earlier in the movie, 
the the callback coming in and walking in and then them just doing like the Sopranos ending cut like right before he can sit down and you can see his face. Oh my god. It it could only have been better as if it was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Um, no, that's probably good. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have movies for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at spintune.com or tweet us at thespintune with the hashtag FLI6. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Albie Olsen. Thanks for coming out.